the best YouTube comments I found listening to Fear Inoculum was one that said, The songs have already been written. That those notes and words have been sitting for an eternity, waiting for someone to play them. I can't go back and find it now, but that idea has been in my head for years. Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age talked about that, praying to the altar of music, hoping that magic returns. I don't think anyone has prayed harder for the last 13 years than Tool. Every album is a time capsule, a snapshot of the men and women in that room, writing the words weave between lines of fiction and reality to tell a story. Each song is a lesson. I don't think it's a coincidence that I had my first panic attack a few weeks ago, overcome by my own fear, my own weakness. Both are ever-growing despite my attempts to keep them buried under distractions. In art, it doesn't matter how long it takes to open your mouth. You don't stop working on it until the words mean something. Art is suffered for. You break yourself down. Movements, voices, noises on a record, paint on the walls, words on a page, rebuild you. The achievement exists, no matter who's watching. These songs are what I needed now. I don't think they would have meant as much if the album arrived sooner. Just the same, these songs break down and rebuild. This is how the band writes. Each is a small journey in tight circles. The instruments march in step, break into dance, the guitar, bass, and drums grind and dig holes into the ground and then fire like machine guns. People have already said that it took too long to come back, that it was not worth the wait. Time is everything. At a certain point, you feel the age in your hands. You feel the weight of the bones in your body. I see it in the rings underneath my eyes. The body is a ticking clock. Such a constant reminder of passing and losing time. So much effort placed in the breaking off a piece of yourself to be wrapped and sold to a ravenous public, myself included. After all these carefully glued together songs, in short breaks of noise and decompression, and the final echoes of a 15-minute storm decay. There is mocking beat, small ambient beats with distorted chirping, which give way to the sounds of an open window, and birds, as if the band is telling you, okay, you finally got what you wanted. Now go put your phone down, go outside, and get something done.
Everybody yell! Ah! Ah! Motherfuckers! Sorry. Son of a bitch! Special <laughs> anniversary episode. Yeah. This of is the, the outlier gentleman. This is true. It's the one year anniversary of our lame podcast that fourteen people listen to. Hey! Thank and, you to all those fourteen people, and including y'all in Sweden. Woo! Love you, Iceland. Yeah. United Kingdom. Yeah. Philippines. We're international, baby. We're going to keep saying that. Thank you. We're international. We love you all. So we're going to start podcast a little bit differently. Um, we're going to go with the 10 most influential albums in our lives that we listen to by person. And... I think it's going to be interesting because there's going to be like a nice little, I think there's going to be some surprises from people, maybe some things you wouldn't expect. Some yeah. of this might be a little eccentric. It might be, you know, because I know Eric, myself, you, Caven, we pride ourselves as metal heads, but there might be some albums on here that might not fit that mold. It's true. I know there are some for me. I know there's one for me that's going to shock, be a shocker to most yeah. people. So, we got ladies in the house. We do. And we got ladies that, they just, they didn't do albums. They're like, fuck albums. I'm just doing songs. I was going to say. I was supposed to. (laughs) Well, you got time. You go last. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, who wants to fucking light the candle first? Um, if you want, I can. Don't matter. All right, Kevin. Why don't you kick things off? All right, so. My list, in no particular order, is the Slipknot un, uh, self-titled album. Boo! No, I'm just kidding. Which, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's pretty influential to me because I do have the tribal ass on my arm. Now this one may be kind of a shocker. I was kind of young. Dave Matthews Band. Oh, which one? Under the Table and Dreaming. Good album, though. Good album. I did like Under I don't the Table like that Dreaming. face there, Mr. Dan Hoff. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's not, like, what are you, a fucking college bro? What's going on? I'm not a Dave Matthews kind of dude. I'm not either, but I was like 12 when it came out. You so, know, go ahead. I would say, Crash Into You, as I'm getting older, that song is actually really growing on me. In a way where it's like, why did I think this sucked? And then I hear all the other Dave Matthews songs, and I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, on an acoustic guitar, Dave Matthews can do some fucking weird-ass finger shapes. Oh, yeah, he's that great. That normal humans can't. Like, if you ever listen to fucking two-step? Yeah, that's... Two-step is fucking... That's hard. My, that is a hard song to fucking play. I think my entire beef with the Dave Matthews Band thing is that the songs were... It's almost like Fish, but it's like... Fish, but like, let's just 
do more flashy shit. It was like it was like more style than substance. Uh-huh. And it's like you try to watch a concert on like Access TV, and it's like fuck. I like fell asleep three times. I just it's not it doesn't engage me like in my brain. It just it doesn't work. I I'm, thought I'm maybe... sorry, you're so wrong on so many levels. I tried. <laughs> I can't even handle this conversation. I really tried. Jesus. Um, I tried so, so hard. Um, I won't comment. Thank God on, so far. I won't address the comment. I won't address the fish comments because fish sucks. I don't want. To, oh, thank you. I didn't want to offend people. Cajun <laughs> can. It's his vibe. <laughs> He's got a third of this podcast. Um, I'm just a guest. Um, but no way, no way to come. I would not ever compare DMB to fish ever, ever, ever in a million years. And DMB live is a totally different story than an album. Yeah. See, I think I, I don't, I don't, I'm not like a religious listener of DMB, uh, of DMB, but Dave Matthews as a guitar player is extremely underrated in my opinion. Like I said, some of the finger shapes he does and fucking just some of the guitar playing is just so technically adept on a on an acoustic, it's fucking ridiculous. I will say, the Dave Matthews techno remix on the Matrix Reloaded, I really like that. So, put some, put some wub wub bass under Dave Matthews and you might sway me. I mean, when he did his solo album though, Gravedigger, that song was fucking... Grave digger. I don't. I don't know what that I'm song talking. was. Fucking terrible. Oh I don't my know. God. Are you I don't sure know. that's DMB? Or are you trying to mimic Scott Stapp? No, that was that <laughs> was that was Dave Matthews' only fucking solo album that he came yeah, out with. It was bad. Mm-hmm. It was some some devil. I think was the name of the album. Um, like it that. was it was bad. It was bad. Some shit flying off the tour bus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kevin. All right. Next album. Next album, which DMB was my actual introduction to rock. Okay. Thank you, DMB. Wu Tang Forever. I mean, Wu Tang is for the children, so yeah. Yeah. OD, as ODB <laughs> says, Wu Tang is for the children. My number two rapper of all time, Notorious B.I.G. Life After Death. My favorite album from him. Uh, my number one rapper of all time, the one who got me into hip hop, Scarface, The who? Diary. Who's that? Fuck off, Tim. You put respect on Brad Jordan's name. Scarface I thought Chief Keith was the number one rapper of all time. I will kick you in the shin. <laughs> Since Kate will stop me from pretty much doing anything, I will kick you in the shin. I will Sweet shin, sweet shin music, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, next, BB King. Completely well. Oh, all right. Gotta pay homage to the man. Next, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Blood, Sugar, Sugar Sex, sex magic. magic. Ooh. Ooh. Next, Sublime, 40 Ounces to Freedom. Okay. Um, what actually got me loving metal? Metallica and Justice for All. Okay. Hey. And last but not least, Black Sabbath, Paranoid. Hey, all right. You know what? Solid. Solid album list. I will give you that. I like the B.B. King, man. We should put on some B.B. King later and jam out. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, you ever hear the fucking, speaking of B.B. King, you ever heard that fucking young buck that's coming up, the Kingfish? Uh Uh-uh. You ever heard that dude? Yes, I have. Dude. 
Cayman, I'll have to show you the kingfish, man. Wait, is that a big is that a big guy? He's a big black dude. Yeah, I think you've shown it to me. The he's, kingfish, he's like good. he is a really good guitar player. Very, very reminiscent for me of BB. Alright, who's next? I want to hear Kate go next. Alright, Kate. There's kind of... I've had, a lot of I've had a lot of musical influences in my life, so please don't judge with this list. Outlier... Number one album. Outlier wife. So... <laughs> number one. Kate Bond, sexy as hell. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Alright, so I have an honorable mention I'm going to start with. Alright. Um, and that's Ready to Die. I think it's like... The only album I think that Kevin and I agree on um, for Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die was it's phenomenal. A, it is a phenomenal, <clears throat> solid album from start to finish. Why can, somehow I can picture you like in high school jamming to that shit. Yeah. I don't I know why. still fucking rocks it. I still, I still <laughs> rock that album. Like, still fucking rocks it. Still, I still rocks it to this I, day. You know what? I've, like, I've played that album for Cass. Like... She's been in the car for it, like. That's where that extra swagger is coming from. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. A little pep in her step. I can feel it now. All right, so here's where everything starts getting a little wonky because I'm going to be the only one with this genre on my list. Bring the wonk. Um, but I gotta pay homage. Like my dad's such a country fan. Um, my number ten is Oki from Muskogee, Merle Haggard. Um, Merle's a beast. There's just something about that album. Like I have great memories involved in that album, and it really. Okay, okay. I need to hear your dad sing. He a used to. He used to be a great singer. Yeah. Like after it, he lost his hearing, he can't. In the park, campfire, like it's fucking yeah. Red Dead Redemption. I want to do this yeah. shit. I have like I have videos of him singing at like my cousin's graduation and stuff. Like my dad, people used to like get my dad up on stage to sing. He was. He was something. That's another. Day. That's another life that he lived. Yeah, that is another life. <laughs> he, he's the man of a thousand lives. Yep. Um, so number nine is Sixteen Stone by Bush. Bush. Um. Mighty Bush. Yeah, I. I still know every words to that album. Um, number eight is gonna be Ten Pearl Jam. Um. Solid. My, it's my favorite Pearl Jam album. Yeah, solid. Pearl Jam almost made my list. It was your honorable mention? <laughs> yep. Shit. Well, I mean, when Kate and I first started dating, like, we used to fall asleep to fucking 10 by Pearl the, Jam. The remastered version. Yep. We yeah. used to fall asleep to Pearl Jam. Yeah. I have, I've, I've burnt out, I mean, I burnt out a tape. I burnt out multiple CDs. Yeah. I burnt out the remastered version of it. Like, I don't think I've had a version of that that's not been a digital file yeah. that wow. I have not... I, it's just a solid album, and it just, it fits Better every beef. mood you could possibly have. Yeah. I was always, I was very late to the Pearl Jam party. That's okay. It took You're me a long time. That's okay, you can still come to the party. I feel like when I was a kid, I kind of went all in the Stone Temple Pilots, the way everybody else around me, and that my age rank went to Pearl Jam. <laughs> I went to STP. Every time I think of Stone Temple Pilots. What was that? What was that argument? That discussion that you and I had at Boomers. I had a drunken that was like Kim, rant. Kim Thale versus who? Versus the guy from SDP. Yeah. Dean DeLeo. We we had no. It was Pearl Jam's guitarist versus freaking Thale, I think, from freaking Soundgarden. Yeah, because the Pearl Jam. Well, there's two. There's Stone Gossard and uh, is it? Mike McCready? Yeah, because you and I got into a discussion about Yellow Leadbetter versus some other song I can't remember. Yeah. 
We we have a lot to drink that night. <laughs> <laughs> Memories were made. Friendships friendships were etched in stone. Um, core actually ended up being. I was debating between STP Core and Notorious being my honorable mention. Really? And, yeah, but. I got STP covered on my list, so. Like I can I I can for real hmm. like get down on some on some Notorious B.I.G. So that's why I had to go that route. Fuck yeah. Number seven, um, Portrait of Patsy Cline. I have a lot of, I have a lot of... Yeah, Kate really likes Patsy Cline a lot. Patsy's my girl. Uh, That's cemented, like, what I look for in a female vocalist. Like, her range and, like, the soul that she carries. Do you feel like a little bit of Patsy rubbed off on Casey Musgraves? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that one day. Um, so number six is a band that I actually hate now and I'm, but I can remember the first time I heard this album, um, I remember sitting and memorizing the lyrics to every, you know, every song Yeah. and definitely very influential, but Dookie by Green Day. Um, I loved that album. I absolutely, yeah. Um, that's another one I wore out of tape, a cassette on. And I wore out a CD. Um, so, number five, um, Very Necessary by Salt and Peppa. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I need an explanation. I think anyone who grew up in the 90s mm-hmm. can appreciate that. Um, number four is Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Um, I was very late coming to the Fleetwood Mac party. Yeah. And I think they've really cemented my late 20s, early 30s. My mom could probably sing that whole album to you right I'm now. I say, technically, we're all late comers to Fleetwood Mac because they were out before any of us were. <laughs> 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 but you know, like, I had to be I, born I, first to listen to them. Like, you know, like a lot of these, like from the moment I heard it, I liked it, but like that was not how I, I had to mature into Fleetwood, the sound of Fleetwood Mac. You really do. It's like a wine. You have to you have, yeah. You have to grow into it. Yeah. Um, develop a taste for it. Indeed. Um, number three, Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. If I, I could probably sing that album to you too. If I am having a bad day, I can flip that album on and I will be in a better mood by the time the album is over. It's not fair. Um, me. Which is funny because that's one of the worst songs on that album. You know what? The one song, honestly, like the one song, if you put it on right now, I can, I probably would like start headbanging to it. It's probably ironic. Probably head over feet. That's yeah. my favorite okay. song on the album for me. Mary Jane is mine. Yeah. Um. Number two. Once again, this is another band. I actually loved this band for a long time, and now I can't stand her. Um. But number two is Tragic Kingdom. Tragic Kingdom was a fucking amazing album. It was. That is like a cornerstone. Like I, I think that that shaped Mm -hmm. who I chose to be as a woman. Like I don't think that I really like necessarily made the conscious choice that age, but I look back and like just a girl. Like when you think about those lyrics as an adult versus like when you first heard them as. As an adolescent, yeah, like it's kind of profound, like the message that she was trying to portray that 
Yeah. It was, um, it was groundbreaking for real. Yeah. So I think it, I think that one definitely shaped who I am. Um, so here's my tie, and I just I could not pick. I could not pick between the two. Okay. Um, they're both Sublime al- albums. Um, I heard them both the same day, the first time. Were you high? Um, and. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. Dot dot dot. That's Kate pleading the fifth. I was incredibly drunk. Let's, that was a that was a, that. that was a visual ellipses. <laughs> <laughs> you saw him appear above her head. <laughs> like an anime. S- sweat drop. <laughs> um, was um, actually no. Now that I think about it, the first, no, I was not. Okay. I was I was a little t- I was a little <clears throat> drunk, but no. I was not on any other kind of substance. So stand by your van and what? Oh, way to go. Yeah, and what's the other one? 40 ounces. Yeah, stand by wow. your van. Wow. That's, that's a two two albums that come up now. Like that, That's what, 10 years of marriage? Wow. Yeah. No, like I'm impressed because he does not know Sublime very well at all. I'm really impressed that he know, knows that album. Yeah, stand by your. Well, you talk about stand by your van being your, probably your favorite by Sublime. Yeah, I it just it com- my favorite song is on Forty Ounces, but like. Stand is that by- Bad Fish? No, um, it's actually a cover song. Um, that's my favorite, which is kind of shameful, but. Date rape is fine. Um, but yeah, so my favorite song is on Forty Ounces, but my favorite overall album is Stand by Your Van. Wow. Can can I go? Halloween. Please, because I gotta pee, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go next because I gotta pee. I will say, first time I heard forty ounces, I was stoned. You kind of have to be. I, I, I'm just being okay. myself in those days. No, you're good. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm gonna go now. Okay, so. Yeah. I'm not gonna go chronological. I'm just gonna go stuff that I just like. Kind of like hits me in the chest. I can still like sing kind all the like songs to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, first one I'm gonna do Lateralis from Tool. There you go. Fuck yeah. That was the first one. That's actually the first album I listened to, growing up as a little kid. So, I saw the video on like the the trailer for the video on MTV Two, for Schism, like the little puppets oh, like biting your face, and I'm looking at my dad like, what is that? Back, back when MTV actually played music. Right. Yeah. That's so that's like 2001. So that that was a groundbreaking year for me. Number two, I'm gonna do Mirrored Noms from Perfect Circle. Yeah, okay. keep the Maynard thing alive. Here's why. Um, that album for me is kind of like what maybe Prince albums would be for like kids who grew up in the '80s. It was okay. like the romantic soundtrack. It's like really beautiful songs that you want to slow dance and serenade women to, <laughs> with candles and stuff. And I actually did that eventually, so that's Man. why I got. That's why I got to choose that one. Really. And shout out to Maynard for like having two, like almost three different. Like somebody online was like, "Tool is the brain, Perfect Circle is the heart, and Pucifer is the balls." <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's pretty hey. true. <laughs> that's pretty true. Um, the f- number three is gonna be kind of weird. The Matrix soundtrack. I can see oh, that. Wow, okay. So my uncle bought this CD from Coconuts in Chicago back in the day. Oh shit. This is the CD that got me into Deftones. 
Monster Magnet mm. and Ramstein. Monster Magnet. In one yeah. in one shot. And got, shit, they had they had Rage Against the Machine on that fucking album too. They had Wake they, Up by Rage Against the Machine on I it too. Think about Rage. One of the one of the best. I got you. One of the best. 90s yeah. movie soundtracks Rage. of all fucking yeah. time. I would I would go with that. I Prodigy. Would with that. Yep. Fucking what is it? Ministry. Yep. Oh my god, dude! Every Smack my bitch up. Every single I, genre imaginable. Didn't they have like Chemical Brothers and shit on there too? Uh, Lunatic Calm. A whole bunch of fucking like Meat Beat Manifesto. Yeah. A whole bunch of like techno and like old shit from back in the day. Yeah, not gonna lie, I went through a techno phase in high school. Yeah, yeah, dude. Where I listened to like Fatboy Slim and Chemical Brothers and Marilyn Manson's on that album. This is he's the first song. Yeah, and then like right after that is Propeller Heads. When like Neil pulls out the guns and shit. So that's my number three. I almost punched somebody over. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. That's another podcast. Number number four, I got Animosity from Seven Dust. Yeah, yeah, that's still. That one is like, I seen them on MTV. I didn't really know the band until I bought the one album. And I went back to the discography and fell in love with them. So that's that's my shit. Number five, I got Nevermind by Nirvana. All right. Ooh, okay. Because that one, I was like, shit. I had to have been six years old, at least. Six, seven years old. I had the cassette from my uncle. And I would listen to it like on repeat and jump on my bed. <laughs> yeah, like I would listen to Come As You Are, like, and I would go, I would jump on the bed until it was over, rewind it. And I just kept doing it. And that was kind of like when I was a kid, all I listened to was like, I watched Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> jump on the bed to Nirvana. That was it. And then, a lot. When, Kurt, <laughs> when, when Kurt Cobain passed away, I actually I got sad and I sat on the couch and cried with my mom during the unplugged. And I swore off music for years until, like, my dad got me into, like, The Who and Black Sabbath. And there was a girl in school that wanted to find a guitar player. And I was like, I'll learn how to play guitar for you. I felt the same way when uh, Notorious died. Yeah, dude. I cried for days. Yeah, dude. The Kurt Cobain, when I was a little kid, broke me. It fucking broke me. I didn't listen to any music for, like, five years. So, yeah. I, I have to include that on my list. Um, number six, I got Tiny Music. Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop by Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> so this is, that's my favorite album out of all the STP shit. I know Core and Purple are real good, but to me... That's a good album, though. That's a solid album. Tiny Music to me is like, okay, if you took like the Beatles and shot them up full of heroin, that's Tiny Music. So like there's... Even the White Album? I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that's the White Album. <laughs> I don't know, because... <laughs> There's something about that album, like, there's, there's like, this weird drug, spaced out, not off vibe to it. There's, like, you're, you're hearing a song about, like, campfire girls. It's, like, be, like weird bossa nova and, like, beach music. And then there's this really sad song. And then, like, trumpets come out of nowhere, out of left field. Oh, like, so not the White Album, but Yellow Submarine. Fuck. <laughs> I don't care, dude. Gaston heroin combined. That's yeah. So Tiny Music for me is like, and that's another one too, like when Scott Weiland is a big part of my growing up as far as in the 90s, just loving experimental music, stuff that, you know, just sounded weird as hell. And when he died too, that kind of, that hit me in the chest pretty hard. So I got to put him on the list too. The next one I picked, Out of the Silent Planet by King's X. So this one, 
back then they were pretty much a Christian rock band in the 80s. But this was the cassette that my dad had in the Jeep every day when he picked me up from school. And there's a, a power ballad on there called Goldilocks. And I used to like hear the song driving home with my dad from grade school. And I think about the girl in my class I liked and stuff. So like Aww. the 80s power ballad got me like, you know, see, there's a romantic deep, edge. Deep in the feels. Deep in the feels. Deep in the feels. So yeah, I got I to gotta choose that one. Dan. This is kind of newer stuff. So there's 2002 indie rock band Interpol. Mm-hmm. Turn on the bright lights. That shit got me through high school. That came on. I bought that. And I fucking... I still listen to it like... Fuck. Dude. I was gonna say, you still got the deep Interpol feels. I know. Still. That band... Man. I know that like... People look at them now as kind of old hat. But those guys, they still sound good live. And that fucking album... I think is like one of the more... It's probably one of the very few timeless albums from that whole era. Like Strokes and shit. Like you like Strokes. Yeah, yeah, yeahs. Like the hives. A lot of that stuff now you can kind of look at it like, I don't want to say one hit wonders, but like they don't really have that staying power that those guys do. Mm. They had something special, like maybe like The Cure or something, where like it just hit a lot of people like in the heart when it came out. They fizzled. Who did? You know, the ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ha ha ha. I was thinking about the hives. They did fizzle. The ha ha ha. They know the all Joker band? They. That's our cover band, dude. <laughs> no, no, you're right. They, there was Fizzle and like, yeah, yeah, yes. They got, they got great records, but Interpol to me, there's like, there's something there's, about that. There's nothing like, there's nothing forceful about them. I, I, I see your point on that because I like, I don't like Interpol, but I like the other bands and like, there's just, they're on playlists. I'm not gonna sit down and listen to the whole album. There's something that, yeah, I, I agree that they're, they're kind of a mixed, they're like an acquired taste, not a mixed bag, but an acquired taste. Especially with his vocal style, Paul Banks. But I love the story of when Interpol was playing a gig in New York City. And Carlos D., the original bass player, is in the bathroom doing coke off a toilet seat. And That's where you do good guy, place for it. A guy comes in the bathroom. He's like, hey, Bowie want, Bowie's backstage and he wants to meet you. And he's like wiping coke off his face. He's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> So fucking, you imagine you're doing coke on a toilet, and then Bowie's no, like in the next room, like. So there's something about you them. Lost me at coke. I was gonna say. <laughs> I think Bowie plus coke. That's my kind of story. Like, fuck yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for one of his albums to show up. I'm waiting for one of his. Okay. So. He won't leave you waiting long. I don't think. What one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So this is going to be a little weird. It might be the weirdest choice on the list. But I picked Sade. Oh, shit. Love, oh, Lovers Rock. Woo. Wow. So I stole, okay. I stole this CD from my Aunt Sissy. <laughs> because... She's going to be mad when she listens to the podcast. No. <laughs> she let me have it like a week later. But back when I was a little kid, I thought Sade was super hot. So that's why I stole the CD. Then I listened to it. And I'm like, oh, my oh. gosh. Like, there's something about her voice, acoustic guitars, that really got me into that whole idea of, like, kind of weaving songwriting and, like, very airy vocals and stuff. Like, that, to me, that really is, like, kind of inspiring in terms of, like, writing. Sade was a very amazing singer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think her daughter is the one who sings on the Death Stranding song in that trailer. 
when Norman Reedus really? is walking. Wow. Because her really? last because her last name is Adu, and Layla Adu I think is her daughter. I need you to Google that. I'm I'm going to right now actually. So, that was nine, right? That's what you said, yeah. Okay. So let me know. Are you gonna Google right now? That's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Yeah, look up. right now. Yeah. Yeah, Layla Adu is that Sadie Sadie's daughter? Layla Adu. Kevin, can I get a beer, brother? Well, here. Thank <laughs> there you, you go. brother. You're welcome, brother. <laughs> Anybody else need anything while I'm up? Can you grab me another soda, dude? You can grab these news. Oh, my God. Somebody said our podcast could be ASMR. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I believe it. Listen to this beer drinking right now. Can you be really vocal with it though, Eric? Listen like, to me, Sweden. Listen to me, Sweden. There you go. Hey, see, that's the American dream. Doing a podcast, drinking some beer. <laughs> some beer. Some Let bird. me record my stupidities. That's what we do. That's what we do. Like, that's what bird. we do in America. Record podcast um, drink beer. I do not see <laughs> Shade or having a daughter named Layla. Okay, well, I'm stupid. <laughs> I but know I, they're both from London. See... My brain made a connection, rainbow connection. See, you're not stupid. I'm not stupid. I'm just dumb. <laughs> there is a distinct difference. There is very big difference. Okay, so my last album choice, I'm gonna do Black Star from Bowie. There it is. So, to me, the most gangster shit of all time is an old singer from back in the day coming out randomly, dropping a ten-minute music video. And still being able to do pop music in a way that just fucks everybody up. Because when the Black Star music video came out, it was like a tool video. It was like an unedited thing on YouTube. And like people from like Taylor Swift to fucking whoever were like, David Bowie's a god. The dude commands respect even like years after he's fucking dead. And... <laughs> Whoa, you're laughing. Holy shit. Not at you. Are you laughing at my Bowie thing? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just gross caving out. Sorry. Why, how'd you gross him out? My ankle pops. That's cool. That's gross. And he hates it when he feels it. But Dude, I was dude you want to hear my knee pop when I straighten <laughs> yes, my leg? Yes, not at all. Do it. He's talking about ASMR. Are you fucking ASMR, kidding me? Not at all. Fucking ankles. ASMR. Hold on, let me. Shit. Hold oh, on. Fuck me. Oh, oh, oh. You hear that shit? <laughs> you hear that, Sweden? God damn it. Listen. That's Bo- for you, Sweden. Listen, Bowie's a beast. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. He's a god. A musical god. That's my 10. Tim, go. Damn. All right. So, I'll start off with my honorable mention. Um, honorable mention for me. Would be Evanescence Fallen. Ooh! Yes! Um, no, I'm just kidding. Just because Amy Lee, hearing that album, Amy Lee's just got such a fucking powerful, beastly voice. Um, it has a very, I have a very powerful connection to that. Um, my sister and I used to sing it a lot. Um, my sister's got an amazing voice. And... For me, like the twin, I'm she yeah, she always she always says she always compliments me on my ability to harmonize. So like I could tune in on her voice and be able to harmonize with her. I used to get compliments on 
uh, singing Evanescence a lot. Also, after my dad passed, my immortal kind of resonated within me. Hit me pretty deep in the heart. Makes sense. Um, it's one of the songs that's really hard for me to kind of listen to now. Just because it's such a deep emotional connection to it. Um, you know, the talk of loss and somebody not being there, but you can still feel them there. Um, but yeah, Fallen still kind of holds a special place for me. It didn't crack my top ten, but still is an amazing album. I'm sorry. What's up? Honorable mention. Buddy Guy. Sweet Tea. Fuck yeah. All right. Hell yeah. That's for my mama. She got me into the blues. Buddy Guy's bad motherfucker. He, he sure is. All right. So these are not in order, but these are just ten albums. So number one, this is this is the weird shit. Number one, Weird Al off the deep end. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, the absolute first album I've ever bought by myself was Weird Al off the deep end. And it kind of made me fall in love with music. Even though it was silly and it didn't kind of make any sense. But it was just... <laughs> It resonated something within me, and I'm like, I like this. This is kooky, and it's odd, and it's different. And I, ever since then, I don't like carbon copy bullshit. I don't like anybody that sounds like anybody else. So, um, Weird Al was just very different to me, and that was the first album I ever bought. Which is weird, because so, he, like, he does parodies, but he sounds very unique. He sounds very unique. Mm -hmm. just, just the spin he puts on it. Like, this is supposed to be a deep and dark song. Nah, fuck it. I'm going to put some fucking accordion over it and fucking weird, goofy noises over it. Like Amish Paradise? Yes. <laughs> Which Coolio got pissed off about it because he asked Coolio for permission. Coolio, you better chill the fuck out. Yeah, and he's like... It's a deep song. Yeah, and Royalty like, son. he asked for my permission, and I said no. But whatever, it got made. Royalty son, shut up. That's <laughs> the only good song Coolio <laughs> <coughs> Two. The Fantastic Voyage. That's the fourth time that song's been brought up. This <laughs> I just want you to know that. Shit. Two. Um, this one was kind of hard for me because there was two albums from this artist that I really love, but I had to pick one. Um, so it was Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and The Infinite Sadness. That album is fucking incredible. Two disc album. Um... Billy Corgan is a fucking mad genius. And everything from Melancholy at the beginning to, I believe, It's So Long and Good Night at the end, which is the end of the second disc, um, is amazing. Or it's Farewell and Good Night, I'm sorry. Um, is amazing. And it just kind of shows how well-versed Billy is in music. You know, you start out with a piano... And then you move to Tonight Tonight, which is more acoustic. And then after that, you go to Jelly Belly, which is just this distorted, beautiful mess. Um, it really made me love the Smashing Pumpkins. At one point, I had all their albums, including Judas O, which was their B-sides. Yeah. Um, but Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, the one that I was torn with, though, was Siamese Dream, which is now my favorite album from them. 
To be honest, you could probably make a better parallel with Billy with the Beatles versus STP. Yeah. I would say. But... Because there's so much versatility. Yeah. Billy's just a fucking mad genius. I mean, the guy's kind of a psycho because, like, they'd finish recording at 11, and he'd, like, sneak back into the studio at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning and re-record everybody's parts. Which kind of caused a lot of animosity between them, but... I like the story. I remember I read this in Guitar World. There was a story where everybody was pissed off at each other when they were doing... I think it was Siamese. Uh, and I think it was Butch Vig. He just bought everybody, like, bunny suits to wear in the studio to get everybody to lighten up. Me. Doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Three. This is going to surprise absolutely nobody in this room. Muse. Black Holes and Revelations. What? Amazing... No. Fucking album. I remember the first time I seen the video for Knights of Sidonia. And I fucking immediately fell in love. I heard I heard Matt Bellamy's voice for the first time and I'm like, this motherfucker has the fucking makings of being the next Freddie Mercury. Because he was so fucking his voice is so Dynamic. He's got such a fucking ridiculous octave range. And he's an amazing guitar player, an amazing songwriter. Black Holes and Revelations was definitely a fucking killer album for me. Now again, they got me into Muse. My actual favorite album from Muse is Origin of Symmetry. But Black Holes and Revelations is the actual first album I heard from them. Absolution. <laughs> Still a good album. Yeah. But Origin of Symmetry is my favorite from them. Four. System of a Down self-titled. My brother bought that album. And a lot of these I heard from my brother the first time. And I just kind of resonated toward them. I heard Sugar for the first time. And I'm like, what the fuck is this craziness? And then like after I listened to the full album... Sugar is actually one of my least favorite songs on the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I heard that song and I'm like, who the fuck is this goofy son of a bitch that's singing right now? And come to find out that Serge Tonkin is like a fucking mad genius. The dude owned, he was like owned or was CEO of a software company or some shit like that before he yeah, became lead singer like of System of Down. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy. But. System was just very new, very unique. Surge was just a fucking lunatic madman that was fucking crazy cackling and screeching into a fucking microphone. <laughs> but it just kind of worked because it, it worked with System sound. Um, number five. Rammstein, Sensucht. Um, amazing album. Uh, first album, or first song I ever heard from it, I think, is what everybody first heard from Rammstein, which was Duhast. And then I listened to the entire album, and there again, Duhast actually was, like, one of my least favorite songs on Senso. I would probably say it would either be Tear or Engel would probably be my favorite songs off of there. Tear would be mine. But, Sensucht, amazing album, I was... I heard it and I was like, I don't understand any of what he's fucking saying, but this album is fucking awesome. Just super punchy industrial shit and amazing. Amazing. 
That was when me and my dad would listen to the Matrix soundtrack. Yeah. And we'd put on Duhas on repeat. And then we'd look at each other and we're like, when they go nine, we go up, we point at each other. <laughs> and we start laughing like, this is the greatest band of all time. And we were right. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I was watching uh, Wikipedia Fact or Fiction with Richard, which, uh, Richard Kruspa. And what's funny is Richard Kruspa actually bought a guitar to impress a girl. So did I. Yeah. No, I tricked, I tricked my parents into buying me a guitar and impressed a girl. But, like, when he bought it, it was, like, contraband. Because it was dare, still... How dare you play with your dad's emotions like that? <laughs> it was still, like, East and West Berlin. Yeah. And it was, like, it was contraband to have a musical instrument. He had, like, to, like, smuggle it into the fucking country. Dude. All right. Number six. The Marshall Mathers LP by Eminem. Yes. Where's my wife right yeah. now? <laughs> Let's call my wife in the room, Annie. That was amazing. Um, the Marshall Mathers LP kind of made me fall in love with rap again. Um, it was very tongue-in-cheek, very fucking out there. Eminem just did not give a fuck who he defended. The guy was just very uncensored, very untethered. Just the way music should be. Fuck the critics. Fuck what anybody thinks of your shit. Go out there and make your music. It's a very timeless album. Very timeless album. His best album. Yeah, he hasn't topped it yet. Number seven. Kill Switch Engage. End of Heartache. Um, End of Heartache's kind of what made me fall in love with Kill Switch. There are some really deep hitters on that album for me, too. Rose to Sharon still fucking hits hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Howard's amazing. Everybody in that, ba- that band is amazing, but just Howard's overall vocals in that fucking album are just amazing. It's just great from start to finish. Number eight. I'm going to get a lot of dirty looks for this one, but I don't give a fuck. What's new? Number eight, My Chemical Romance, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. My Kim. Okay, Mr. Emo. Hey, real quick. I didn't even have Emo on my list. Real quick. My favorite song off that album, Ghost of You. Amazing. That, when I first heard that, I kind of got teary-eyed. So, a lot of respect to that band for writing that song. Um, I heard I'm Not Okay, I Promise, and, um, it was a goal for me to learn how to play that song on guitar. Um. Can you play it now? I can. Yay! Um. Later. 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 Let's do some shots first. Yeah, I'm Not Okay, I Promise, and then, like, Ghost of You, um, Helena, The Jet Set Life's Gonna Kill You Kid, like, it's. A great album. It was kind of a void for me that time musically, and then I kind of I heard I'm not okay, and I'm like, all right, I need to get this album. And Gerard Way just fucking sang his goddamn heart out on that album, and it was it was amazing. It was amazing, and I honestly, Black Parade was fucking awesome too, but to me, Three Cheers is a little bit better. Agree. Than Black Parade. Agree. Number nine. Now, this one came a little bit later in life. 
thanks to the gentleman sitting beside me. Um, Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Radiohead. Okay, computer. Um, for the longest Damn. time... Yeah, Kate doesn't like Radiohead. You listen to Bush. Oh, She's a communist. Yeah. <laughs> um, for real? I was wow. <laughs> wow. Flame Radio, war. Uh, when we... When I... Kate and I first started dating, I really did not like Radiohead. Um, I thought it was just kind of weird music, and I just didn't... I didn't get it. And then... Eric convinced me to start listening to Radiohead a little bit more, and I believe you pitched OK Computer to me. I'm your guy for weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. true. So, <laughs> this is true. Get it on tape! <laughs> so I listened to Paranoid Android, and I'm like, okay, this isn't bad. And then I listened to the rest of the album, and I'm like, this album is fucking awesome. And then I listened to Kid A, and then King of Limbs. And then Pablo Honey and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just Radiohead never stays in one box. Each album is kind of different with how they go. And it's kind of cool that Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, Ed, all those guys can just kind of evolve and do different shit. But OK Computer is definitely, in my opinion, their best album. Where they were all just completely on point. Ten. This one's a tie. <coughs> Queens of the Stone Age songs for the deaf. Oh, fuck. That's a great album. Queen Innuendo. Mm. Wow, so, nice wordplay. So, I still remember when I was introduced to Queens, for the, the Queens of the Stone Age. I was working at Pizza Hut. It was my second job. And I had a manager there that knew I was into... I wasn't into full-blown metal at that point, but I was into rock. And he's like, I have this album I need you to listen to. And he's like, it's a fucking weird band. He's like, it's called Queens of the Stone Age. And I fucking laughed, because I'm like, what is this fucking, some weird, like, parody band? Like, is this Weird Al fucking four-piece band or some shit? And he's like, no, nah, dude. You don't understand this album is fucking awesome. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And we had a fucking CD player in the kitchen. Dude pops in fucking songs for the dev. No one knows comes on. No one knows gets done. And I'm like, you have my, you have, my, you, <laughs> you have, have my, my curiosity. Now you have. My now attention. you have my attention. <laughs> And I listened to the entire album, and I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, you were right. He's like, I told you. I'm like, I thought it was fucking going to be something weird. Dude, the same way, like, when I first <laughs> found out about them, mm. I, I see the band name, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Then the song comes on, and it's the dirtiest, nastiest guitar I've ever heard in my life. Yep. I'm like, what the fuck How is this? I'm playing out of a fucking bass cab. What's up, bro? I will, I will say, I was really late to the Queens of the Stone Age party. How late? Like, it's, I fell in love with uh, Queens of the Stone Age when I played No One Knows on Guitar Hero. Oh. When, was when, when was that? Oh, fuck, dude. I'm, I've been drinking, you're going to ask me shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> Songs for the Deaf was like 2002. Yeah. That's when Dave Grohl was like, I'll play drums for you guys. And we're like, I know Dave Grohl. I don't know these guys. <laughs> they got to be good. Let me hear it. And you're like, holy shit. But... 
With innuendo. That's one of my all-time favorite albums. Yeah. Yeah. With innuendo, it was kind of hard for me because it was a toss-up between Queen 2 and innuendo. But innuendo sticks out for me because innuendo was kind of like Freddie's farewell. It was like his goodbye letter to... His opus. To the fans. Yeah. And innuendo was this kind of... Innuendo was kind of fucking Freddie being a true fucking gangster and staring death in the face. And like singing defiantly. Yeah. In the like the show death. must go on is basically him saying, yeah, I know I'm dying, but you know what? <laughs> Life's gonna move on after I'm dead. The Bohemian Rhapsody fucked up for not making that the end sequence. Oh, bro, I'm telling you. Fucked up. Dude, I even told Kate when we were watching it, because Kate, myself, and Kevin were watching it, and I'm like, I told Kate, I'm like, when they get to innuendo, I'm like, I hope you know I'm gonna ball like a fucking baby. And they didn't no even get there. No live aid, they end it. It didn't even get there. I'm like, what the fuck? <clears throat> but, yeah, innuendo to me beats out Queen 2 by just a little bit. Day um, at the races. Day at the races. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, day at the races. I'm sorry. No, you're good. By the way, uh, guitar first Guitar Hero came out in 2005. So you're only three years behind. That's fine. Jesse, <laughs> give me the 10 song, album, whatever. I have an album, actually. Do I it. Love it. Give me all. Holy shit. I have an album. Countdown. Uh, actually, two, technically, Tim reminded me that this was an album, and it happened. <laughs> Fallen. Amazing. I love it. Everything on it. That's. Yes. I'm telling you, it still hits. Uh, Lincoln Park, New Era. I was um, more of a hybrid theory kind of guy, but Meteora, Meteora was still But you good. really couldn't go hybrid wrong with... Hybrid theory and Meteora were like... They were yeah. jockeying. You really couldn't go wrong with either one, honestly. Yeah. Everything else is songs, because I'm a loser, so... Hybrid theory... Sorry. Hybrid theory is <laughs> better than Meteora. Ick. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Nobody. If you say, all oh, I gotta say, <laughs> if any of these are blood on the dance floor, you need to I have out. all of the blood on the dance floor. Why? Yes, because, They're no, terrible. I have like two songs, and it's only because I like certain parts of it. They're not even a real band. I know. It's all CGI. <laughs> oh my god, I make one post, and I can never get it out of your head. Nope. No. Oh. <sighs> You don't love stuff down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> one post. Wait, so Evanescence, then uh, Hybrid Theory slash Meteor. Yeah. Then. Then it's just songs, because like I said, I'm a loser. Okay. No, you're not. Songs that mean a lot to me for a variety of ways. The Fighter by In This Moment, because why not? Alright. The Fighter, okay. Because why not? Okay. It's just, yeah, she's going to survive no matter what. I try to tell myself that. We'll see. No, Maria's like one of the... I, I like her oh, as a vocalist. She's, she's a beast. Amazing. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, I feel like... Oh, you know what? I don't. You and I haven't talked about this. I feel like in this moment, really, like... They really had, like, a chance to be, like, a, a kill switch type of band. But she really likes making, like, stripper music a little bit. <laughs> I but can see that. It's just, like... It's cool. It's very sexualized, and that's probably why I like some but of like, other stuff, too. There's some stripper songs that she does, like, Adrenalize, which is fucking badass. 
Oh, I like know. I want to yes. strip when I hear that song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so no in this moment is going to play this house. <laughs> no, for real. You put on adrenaline, it's like everybody's clothes are coming off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like for tequila. Real. It's just happening. It, well, yeah, because yeah. the, the guitar is nasty. The vocals are nasty. It's like, oh, oh my listen, God. The, the song starts as... It's just nasty. Oh, my God. It's the nastiest metal song I've ever heard in my life. Like You get pregnant on that shit. It's for real. Don't worry. We're good. I, because I have daddy issues, perfect by a simple plan. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. The rest of your list is invalid. What the fuck? I'm invalidating the rest of your list. <laughs> That's not fair. Simple plan destroys all. <laughs> Sorry, Chester. She was polite while you listed your list. <laughs> she said, she just like, yeah, Bowie, yeah, Interpol, yeah, simple plan. <laughs> Fuck that shit. And then everything on Blood of the Dance Floor has ever done because they're an amazing band, just like Jaden's. <sighs> Holy shit. <laughs> Tim's blood pressure. Wait, wait, I've heard Tim's wait, blood wait, pressure wait, 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 skyrocket wait. right there. What was there. that? What? I'm going to get Let me repeat a quote. Allow me to read you from the book of Jaden. <laughs> Holy oh shit. Oh my god. Oh my god, that hurts. Jesse, why? <laughs> because. Why? Don't hate on my daddy issue song. Fucking Aries. <laughs> Fucking whatever the fuck god. you call him. God himself. Aries. Whatever. I don't even know. I don't even fucking care. Aaron's He's such a little freak. Stupid ass motherfucker. Oh, Lord. I'm so glad I saved Jesse for last. This is brilliant. <laughs> That's normally how it goes. It's just <laughs> get better to leave me. You gotta knock it out of the park for us. Boom. Uh, Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. Okay. I don't care. I listen to T Swift. Yeah, fuck it. T Sizzle? Um, I love some Tay Tay. I love her. Some T Sizzle? My wife was like, you need to listen to this song. She sat me down. And she played me, you need to calm down. And I'm like, are you trying to tell me something? What is this? Let's send Cave and Random Snippets. Here you go. <laughs> um, him for the Missing, Red. It means something to me way different than what actually the song is about. Wait, the band Red? Yes. They're actually, oh, I, I like them. Yeah, I was going to say, Christian I, Metal, hey. Hey, okay. See, not, you thought I was going to have a bunch yeah. of stupid shit like you're standing there. Yeah, I thought you'd see him. <laughs> he thought, like, oh, we're going to hear about all these emo <laughs> shit. No, no, I don't like, have MCR on mine. No, he's no, like, no, no, crucifix. No. Oh, wait, no, fuck. Wrong one, wrong one. Wrong one, my bad, bro. Put that shit back in. Um, oh, alright, cool. I put Numb on here by Lincoln Park, but sure, we'll... Yeah, what up, Chester? The Duke of Benningville? Oh my god, I cried so hard when Chester he died. Chester Benningville? Let's just... He's a beast, man. Betting... Isn't it Bennington? It's Bennington, yeah. Bennington. yeah. That's, that's inside a, joke. That's a deep okay. inside joke. Thank god. I'm I'll like, tell you about Eric, it. Like, I'm turn... offended that you don't know that, because I'm definitely no, no, no. me. Like that I'll one tell Chester you, guy. That's I'm gonna, really how I I'm gonna tell you the inside joke when I turn the podcast off. Oh, okay. it's 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 a it's a naughty one. It's a naughty one. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it's getting scathy in here. Scathy. <laughs> um, Scarlet by Brooke Fraser uh, Fisher. Not Fraser Fisher. Okay. I made it by Dead by April, and Everything's Alright by Laura C. Hara. I don't know how to say her last name, but. Dude, I'm so sorry. I don't know none of these people. Tell, give me. Can you give it? Give us like a holy yeah, shit! Eric up. doesn't know yeah, fucking know. bands. Say, you gotta hit end, me up. By the end of next week, Eric is gonna have listened to everything that these people have ever done in their entire that's life. That's real. That's a hundred percent real. You don't know real. Brick, uh, Brick, because that's her name. Absolutely, Brick. Yep. Like the drugs. <laughs> Brick Fraser. I don't. Know, I only like her that one song by her. 
And Dead by April is amazing. All right, uh, I'm 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 on it. Okay. I'm on research I'm offended mode. Offended you don't know. I'm on research mode right now. And the Laura, this one I think is it's actually from a video game, but I like it. Okay. I think it to share when we're both really anxious. Start breathing heavy. Get the fat sweats going. Sierra <laughs> <laughs> starts to hyperventilate in my face and my baby, we're just circling each other. It's not helping. <laughs> Go breathe on your aunt for a bit. <laughs> Mommy needs to calm down. <laughs> That's my list. There you go. Well, goddamn. I think you had the most interesting list because, like, <laughs> there's like three bands I gotta go look up. Fantastic. Fuck. I would like to add one other. No. As an honorable mention. Yeah. And Tim had brought it up, and I'm kind of ashamed of myself I didn't think put this band on there. Oh. But Seven Dust, their self-titled album. Okay. Actually, that was Eric. Oh, it was Eric. Yeah, right. Eric mentioned animosity. But it was their self-titled album, and the reason for that was... No, growing up, there weren't very middle, very, very middle, very many. That's the Milwaukee's best ice talking now. Hey, there weren't very many black metalheads. Yep. That I ran across, and seeing Lejean as a lead inspired me to keep listening. Yeah, when I was a little kid, it was like Seven Dust. And then Living Color, that was it. So I do have a love for black leads of metal bands. Yeah. Black Howard and Lejean and AJ from Fire right, from the, the Gods. So yeah, a lot of my favorite metal bands have black leads because it kept me listening to metal because there was somebody that kind of looked like me. It looked like you that was that kicking was, ass on stage. That was doing it. Oh yeah. That was, no, that, loved that genre as well. Oh yeah. I was very surprised when I didn't hear you mention Seven Dust. I'll be honest. Yeah, so, and that's, that is why they're one of my favorite bands. Outside of just amazing fucking music. Yeah. Lejean was a huge inspiration. Dude, I was driving my dad's car to work because my brakes are fucked up. And I had like four or five seat blank CDs, that I, like mixtapes I made for my dad to drive around when he's going to like Walmart and driving my mom around. I listened to him going to work. And, like, all these acoustic songs from, like, Seven Dust Acoustic album was on there. And I'm like, fuck, I haven't heard this in, like, four years. It's like, this shit is amazing. Like, there's so much music. Like, honestly, like, music to me is, like, it's almost like reading a book. Like, yeah. I can, like, take it out. Like, when you tell me Brooke Frazier, Dead by April, like, honestly, two days from now, I'll go on YouTube, Spotify, and I'll fucking, like, go through the whole discography. Because, like, that's how much I love music. Like, I will swim through that shit. So, tell me all your shit, and I will, like, absorb <laughs> it. For real. And then we can talk that, about that, it later. April, yeah, just, that's what I do. I find a band that I want to listen to, and I just YouTube, playlist, dive. everything. Just dive. Go, and I'm working. <laughs> We're so lucky now for technology, we can just dive into a band. That's and so... Wi-Fi. And tech people that like you and give you the works Wi-Fi, even though no one else is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> My Denise, what's the Wi-Fi password? Just joking, and she's like, "Oh, it's this." I'm like, oh, "Wait, what is it? Give me the numbers again." Wait, what? Really? What's the password? Okay, Spotify. She's like, "Whatever you did, whatever you do, you didn't get it from me." I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Let's go to work, Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. No, music is a music is a beautiful escape. I couldn't imagine my life without it. Yeah. You know, I'm at work, and. I'll listen to all sorts of weird shit. 
Like, I have the fucking Chrono Trigger soundtrack on my fucking Spotify. Right. Fucking Final Fantasy VII bullshit. Then I'm like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. I want to listen to some rap. Put on some fucking 2014 Forest Hills Drive or fucking some Childish Gambino. Like, music is amazing, and I think that's kind of why we did this. Is because we're all, every single one of us in this room right now, love music, passionate about music. Yeah, music connects people. So, I mean, that's one way for us to get closer, because we're already super close. We're already, like, super sweaty on each other. (laughs) But, like, people... Might be a little too close sometimes. Yeah, a little bit. We're kind of like amoebas, like, rolling on each other a little bit. But, like, for the audience, people, like, that's just how a a community gets built, is just talking about stuff we love versus stuff we, we hate. So, it's a true story. Yeah. Well, it's and a universal language. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I want to say Tim got a full effect of my of my musical taste. What was it last week when I took last Friday when I took you to work? Mm-hmm. He's like, from, get in, bitch. I went. <laughs> I mean, literally went from like Waka Flocka to Journey. <laughs> in the same. Yeah. Day? Tim, am I lying? No, it went from Waka Flocka to Journey to Hobson. Yeah. <laughs> and then not that. Then after he got out, it went to uh, Groove Theory. Barry Manilow. <laughs> I have Barry Manilow. See? Oh, Lord, don't get him started on his band. And then after that, but then after Groove Theory, went to Van Morrison. Wow, that's gangster. No, it was Van Morrison when I got out. Yeah, that's right. It was yeah, Van Morrison when he got I had to pour water on my head to get rid of it. And <laughs> then it went too to, much whiplash. And then it went to Groove Theory. Fuck. So my musical tastes are like all over the fucking place. And that's it, why we're best friends. Was it Neil friends. Diamond after that? No Neil <laughs> Diamond. E! No, that's why we're best friends. Because, dude, I, I always make that that same comparison. Like, on, on a CD, I had Bjork. The next track, Me Sugar. <laughs> I don't fuck around, so I gotta get people around me that do not fuck around when it comes to music. Honestly, I mean, there's not a whole lot of genres that I won't listen to. Country's really the only one I just can't fucking do. Well, Kate, See, and Kate, I, I feel that way about metal, so... No, but the, the Casey Musgraves train, you got me rolling on that shit. Oh, I love her. Yeah, my dad is She's now... She's released a new single. My dad is like, saw it. When he, when, he, when he has the sun dot dot, he has his own like verbal <laughs> ellipsis. <laughs> He's like, sun dot dot dot. You know you got him hooked. And like, the Casey Musgrave shit is like, I'm I'm addicted. So now I gotta be careful. I don't fall into the country hole. Gotta be careful. <laughs> it depends. For me, no. it depends on the country. No, there's a lot of good yeah, country. There's the a artists. lot of good country out there. There's a lot of crap country just like every other genre. It just... I feel like a lot of the good country is probably on YouTube. You gotta go down a rabbit hole and find it. The oh. newer country is better as long as it's not so twangy. Is that See, that's know? the problem that I have. And then you're just like, <laughs> well, like that, that, like that, that class beat where it's like, with my home, yeah, like, that, fuck you. That's the old shit. Like the new stuff now is. is that's, that's I very, like the old shit. See, that's very '90s. That's that not old shit. The '90s had that. This really cheesy country that just... Big and rich. You what? can't... Oh, wait, that was early 2000s. <laughs> that was, was like two weeks ago. What are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> uh, I, mean I like but, your Johnny Cash's. And... Johnny, see, that's, Johnny that's Cash Grand, was That's a... Grand Ole Opry. 
That's yeah, totally see, Johnny yeah, Cash, I can fuck the, with. That's, that's, okay, the, so that's can, the Loretta Lynn, that's the Patsy Cline, that's okay. a whole different generation. Like, real quick, can you go through, like, the eras of country? Because I feel like I could do eras of rock and metal. Can you do eras of country for me? Um, a little bit, but they're, they're very... There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Because your grand old opera days and your honky-tonk days very much... Overlap where your Grand Ole Opry days start off, you know, even even farther back than like, I would say the 30s. Like if we start like 60s and then go from there, how would you do it? How would no, you group it? What really made country as prevalent <clears throat> as it is is really World War II. Um, a lot of soldiers brought music over with them. My dad was, he'll kill me for saying this, but he, they would get tapes over from America and my dad would bootleg them and sell them out of his taxi cab in London. That's fucking beast. And that, um, why would he be mad at that? My dad's the original like hustler. Like he really like he hustles. He's like Ernest Borgnine in the Escape from New York. He's like, have you heard this fucking song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and that was very much you know that was very much your Grand Old Opry days, where your honky tonk music is more. Would you consider Elvis part of that era? No. On Honky Tonk? Absolutely he not. He goes back. He's not, no. he's not there. No, total different. Yeah? Total, that's that's yeah. rock. That's um, rock even early, early Elvis has a lot of country inspiration to it, but okay. he never would I would ever put him in the same breath as just the... Just because the influences are there doesn't mean... Okay, I'm just trying to get a grasp on like the... The country categorization. I see the wall too in your hi hi <laughs> in your high. <laughs> um, I don't know that song. <laughs> Con- and that's, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. And that's far more what I was. I was raised on more like the Grand Ole Opry than I was like the honky tonk. Okay. And when you get into, you know, you get into the sixties. And the 60s kind of take the honky-tonk, and they want to do everything opposite of the hippies. Them dirty hippies. Them dirty hippies. So that's when you start getting the real twang in country. Okay. Um, And then when you get into the 70s, you get a lot more of the singer-songwriter. and you start to get more of the influences from the hippies, which is kind of, you know, ironic. It's like they kind of embrace like the Woodstock vibe. Um, Would you block it out by decade, or it's too overlapped to do that? It's too overlapped. So I feel like rock is easy to do that. It's super easy to to block it out by decade. You know, country is not, and it's it, the problem is <coughs> country had many <laughs> different vert like. Versions going at the same time. Yeah, well, it's like it's like so. Rock it's not like rock. But rock was like, rock was like every ten channel. years, it was something yeah, it was different. Like boom, boom. That's even hip hop was the goes. same way. Hip hop's the same way. But you have more. Maybe even like two years. The genres are more separated in rock and hip hop and pop music. 
Whereas with country, it's kind of like all pigeonholed into this one type of radio station. And that's why it's so hard to find the good shit for me. Yeah. Because you got to sort through way more. Yeah, you do. You have to. You And like right now, there's a lot of really poppy country. And as much as I love Taylor Swift, a lot of it is because of Taylor Swift. Um, well, she went from she started country, and exactly. now she's completely yeah. Popular. She ain't she ain't country. I mean, anymore. she's not country anymore. She hasn't, oh, been, she country hasn't been country for years, for like five years. But that's yeah. the, but that's the thing. It's a lot of these a lot of these people who want to follow that same path that she's on. Oh yeah. So their music is super 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 poppy poppy and just over processed, and there's no soul or heart in it. Um, and then you have people like Casey Musgraves, who is a redemption. Um, God, yeah. She's like a shining light. Um, but country's too hard to narrow down into specific eras. You can listen to a song and you can kind of tell what decade it was recorded in mm. based on the vibe of it, but... I see your point. I do. And Casey Musgraves isn't, she's not bad. She's kind of like, she kind of toes the line. Just like that other, um, that other band you really like. What is it? The Brothers Osborne or whatever? Oh, I love the Brothers Osborne. Yeah, yeah, they're more bluesy to me than country. But, I don't know. I just can't get into, you know, the Stapletons and... See, see I love Chris. I can't believe you can't get into Chris Stapleton. I He's... just... He's so bluesy. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it, and especially bands like. I think fucking... you're getting Chris Hand and the Brothers Osborne flipped. Oh, but still, like bands like Florida Georgia Line and Big and Rich and these fucking bro country bands, it's, like, make me want to fucking take an ice pick to my fucking forehead. They're not a. I wouldn't call them a bro country band. They're following a formula. That has worked since the 80s. Because even in the 80s, you know, you look at pop music and you had, you know, the power ballads. And you look at the hair, you know, hair metal and things like that. The 80s had that too. It just, it's not remembered quite the same way. But these guys, you know, especially, I hate even talking about them. But their stuff is just, is it's very general, you know. It's very, like, boy band. Like, pop music has boy bands. Country has your Big and Riches, your Florida Georgia Line. Um, I can't think of anything else off the yeah, top of my head because I avoid fucking, it. It's, like, white noise for me. They're just fucking terrible. White noise, that's racist. Oh, uh, <laughs> Thinking of, okay, Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker is amazing. Hootie, he hates being called Hootie. Hootie. Um, okay. He'll, he'll he actually faced a lot of problems when he first brokered into country music. One of the best episodes I've ever seen of Undercover Boss uh-huh. was Darius Rucker going to karaoke bars and like auditioning singers mm-hmm. off the street so he can intern them. That was fucking badass. Because like my, my wife was like on a huge Undercover uh-huh. Boss kick. And one of them was Darius Rucker, like, pretending to be, like, this kind of, like, down-and-out kind of dude. He wore, like, face makeup and a wig, and he's like, I love to play songs, and I'm not very good. <laughs> and then he would, like, go and, like, fake being bad at karaoke bars, and he'd have, like, people mentor him. And then he would, like, play for them in real life, and they'd all start crying and shit. He's... But, like, 
The dude is fucking great. And, like, I would not pigeonhole him into country per se. No. It's just Darius Rucker being Darius Rucker. He's a gifted singer, period. It's just his, he's got more of a folk sound. And that's the problem is, like, folk music kind of gets grouped in a lot with country. Um, I feel like folk music gets kind of like shit on in a lot of oh ways. Oh, yeah. Big time. Absolutely. Tim, can I get a beer? Maybe. Think about it. Jesse. Then I thought about it. The outlier women, it looks like. Women, they can't handle the drunk obnoxicity. That, that is a Obnoxicity. Hell yeah. That's is al- that a word? That's a, that's our it album. is now. That's our album. <laughs> Or now. <laughs> Why am I holding pliers? I just found a pair of pliers. Where did this come from, Tim? This alcoholic talk. Why is there pliers? Okay, those are side cutters, buddy. Fuck, what are the difference between pliers and side cutters? Well, pliers you use to hold something or clamp it. Those are used to cut guitar strings with. Holy fuck. Yes. I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're not an idiot. I'm a, definitely a fucking idiot. <laughs> There's a butter knife on this table. <laughs> Why is there a butter knife on this So I use those to get the pegs out. Pegs out. You son of a bitch. Alright, so me and Mr. Danhoff here. And yeah, we're going to get fucked uh, up. We're, we're about to hit some vodka by Red Eye Louis. Red Eye Louis, I don't know who you is, but you crazy as fuck. That's your uncle. They also have... Uh, oh, shout out to Uncle Louie. Uncle Louie's going to join our podcast. He's going to do wrestling reviews when AEW comes out on TNT in October. I am totally down with that. The branches of the tree are growing, Kate. Don't run away from this. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm crazy. They also have rum Rumkeela. We're going to get famous. Rumkeela? Yeah. Fuck that. You guys are already famous to us. Well, thank you. I'm famous to nobody but the dog. Or maybe infamous? I'm not sure. <laughs> Infamy's, I'll take infamy I'll over. Take infamy. Well, yeah, I'll take infamy. I'll take slight notoriety. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it, I mean, honestly, when it comes to like Harry Potter, me and Tim both identify with Slytherin, so we're right. used to being villainous. Okay, would you? What house would you classify me in? Am I a Hufflepuff? I'd say a Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw. I dude. thought about Hufflepuff. I feel like I'm not a Harry Potter dude like super deep, but I'm like, I'm, I'm probably a Hufflepuff, yeah? Kate's thinking about it. She's like, you don't like Dave Matthews, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I th- no, I think you'd be more of a Ravenclaw. Yeah? Yeah, this is what I thought. I was thinking a Hufflepuff or a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I think you'd be more because of the knowledge. Yeah. Really? Which one's the house of the deep thinkers? Is that Ravenclaw? Ravenclaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. then you would definitely be a Ravenclaw. All right, I'm Raven. I never even thought about anybody donating money to us. To be honest. I didn't either until I saw other people on Twitch that were like assholes. Mm. Like, if they get money, we're not assholes. We might get money. We might. I mean... Ninja's one of those assholes. <laughs> but he's on Mixer now, so fuck that. Yeah. Look at that butt crack, son. <laughs> Wait, why don't you sit next to me? What the fuck's going on? Am I too ugly? No, I'm sitting next to you. Oh, okay. I want you look at all this puff your ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
Tim, you would agree that this demo does a good job of protecting the spoiler. I thought it was very. I thought it was very expositional without fucking ruining anything. Yeah, it does a good job of like setting up story, like exposition story. You're right. Yeah, it's very expositional without revealing too much about the main story itself. Yeah, I like the nice. idea of the Voodoo Boys, like the Voodoo Boys and the animals. Like, did you do you know the backstory about the animals yet? Did you? No, not yet. So Voodoo Boys is based on real Haitian culture. The oh. animals is like a bunch of Scott Steiners. Like they all do steroids to get like super buff. Oh shit! And the gang leader is like this girl called Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah. And she's like fucking like seven foot. She's like got a sledgehammer. She's like, come on, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and in the demo, you see her like she's trying to swing a, like a Triple H hammer at you, and you gotta like shoot her and shit. <laughs> I was like, this is my game, dude. Would you see yourself living in Night City, Tim? Fuck no. <laughs> We'd be dead. We'd be fucking dead. That'd be dude. like the that's like the fucking West Side of Rockford, like. <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody's got robot dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd live there. I could see you with the trench coat and the fucking like the side, like your face has got like half nanotech and shit. That's sick, dude. Yeah, see, I, I keep telling Kate I want a trench coat, and she said no. You need that trench coat with the fucking crazy, like, nano shit across the neck, is... dude. <laughs> I think if people see the trench coat and they all associate it with, like, fucking Leonardo DiCaprio and the fucking basketball diaries and or shit. fucking Columbine bullshit. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you listen to Ramstein too? Fucking classic case. The three styles are more like basically how you would fucking converse with somebody. Like, corporate would be like your more charismatic swagger. Mm. And you're able to be like a little bit more articulate and be able to fucking basically talk your way out of a situation. Mm -hmm. From what I understand. Street kid is more like you're fucking more knowledgeable about how to do shit and rough it. Nomad, I don't know very much about. Not yet. I feel like it'd be more like Melee combat. That sounds about right. What do you... So, you, with all that in mind, with my bad math in tow, <laughs> how do you feel about the fucking... The, the 40 plus instead of 50 plus <clears throat> choices? Oh, no. It's definitely fucking cool because you can kind of just... It allows you to do a little bit more customization to shit and, like, do your own fucking path. Like, in a situation like this, where you're fighting the fucking Sasquatch. Like, Sasquatch, dude, right there. Yeah, like, if you're fucking brilliant at hacking, like, when she goes to fucking hack you, maybe your defenses are a little bit better, and it, like, fucks her up and stuns her or some shit. Damn. I That's love a the big bitch. I love the fact that, like, you dodge once, This is cool shots, though, you too. Yeah, this is cool, too, though, because you can make a choice whether you leave her alive or you fucking kill her, which is kind of cool. And the other thing I heard is that this game also does not do game overs. It's no matter how bad you fuck up, you live with the consequence. It allows you to finish the mission. Brilliant. You know, like in Death Stranding, it's going to do void outs. So if you get killed... That's... I was going to ask about that. So, like, think about this. But the void outs with Death Stranding... Okay, let's say you go into a mission, Tim, and you're like... Hey, I'm going to go to this settlement. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to jog through here. And then the fucking 
black oily death octopus because on the ground. <laughs> the BTs. The Troy octopus, the Troy Baker fucking oct- the Troytopus comes out of the fucking the ground. The <laughs> <laughs> And like eats your face and you fucking blow up the whole area. You got to come back and you got to deal with the consequences of that shit. Basically. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The Basically from what I understand is that if you trigger a void out like, it's going to be, there's going to be some pretty fucking nasty consequences that come with it. So, like, you, if you have a void out, you might have a fucking situation where you can't complete a mission anymore. Because the area's gone. Now it's a crater. Like, there's interplay between those couple of things. Because with Death Stranding, it's like, alright, so I'm a courier, I pick up box A, Take it to point B. Send Porto Bridge. Send it to the fucking thing. Right. Hit the button, fall off the hill, shake the baby, whatever. <laughs> In a nutshell, that's the whole game. Right. But Wake then, up, Samurai. We got a city to burn. If you put a bunch of horrible, like, landmines in the map. Right. You've got a hundred to a thousand motherfuckers trying to get through that yeah. minefield. Yeah. To me, that's engaging because it's like almost like Stratego. Right. Everybody's fucking going for that goal. You gotta go through. Keanu! Wake up, Samurai. Wake the fuck up, Samurai. We got a city to burn. So, from what I see, he's like kind of a ghost. That's kind of what I'm gathering. I almost wonder if he's gonna be like a Tyler Durden. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I almost wonder if Johnny Silverhand's like a Tyler Durden-esque character. Where like people, you're talking to him and like people are like, what? Who? who are you talking to? It's a very interesting take. What the fuck there, is bro. going on, bro? I like the fact that out of all three games that we mentioned, Cyberpunk is actually the last one that we're going to be playing because it comes out the very latest. Yes, because <laughs> it's DS Day. DS Day is November 8th. And then Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out in March. Yep. Now, have they confirmed if that's episodic or not? Nope. So it's just all one game? Are you down? I know, Kaven, you're not into the whole Final Fantasy thing. No. <clears throat> But this isn't going to be turn-based. This is going to be more like Final Fantasy Fifteen. A hack and slash type? Yeah. Okay. I could be down for that. Yeah, they got rid of the turn-based system. So now they're going to be doing Final Fantasy Fifteen esque hack and slash kind of shit. So if that's the case, are you down with that? I am. Okay. Because, like I said, generally turn-based bores the fuck out of me. And why does he look like Justin Timberlake with a scar? <laughs> that's just one of the character models. I'm just saying, he looks like Justin Timberlake with a scar. Well, that's just one of the character models. But, yeah, no. Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be more like Final Fantasy XV. Just with, you know, the Final Fantasy story. Because I've seen fucking Sephiroth. And I was immediately in boners. And, yeah. <laughs> um, it was stop, stop. My penis can only get so erect. Um, so like when I saw Cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
I think even with Kaven not liking Final Fantasy games typically, Eric, I think we got him signed on to do the Final Fantasy VII remake with us. Because typically Kaven doesn't like the Final Fantasy stuff. He's like Donkey. He's like turn-based shit. Fuck you. Like, because it bores. Turn-based games bore me. I mean, I feel you, but I like to be in. I like to be interactive with my game. When it comes to Final Fantasy VII, to me, it's kind of like putting on an old VHS tape. It accesses a little bit of nostalgia, and it's like I'm compelled to continue. So that's the thing. I never. And they've always bored me ever since I was a kid. So like, when you played, like, was there any RPG you like? You put it on, you were like, "Fuck!" Even Super Chrono Nintendo. Trigger. No. For you, nah, nothing. Nothing. That's like, fascinating. My, like my go-to games. Like, cause I mean, I'm I'm slightly older than everybody else here. Well, you're you're 38, so you're like six years ahead of me. Yeah, four years ahead of Mr. Bond over here. 20 years ahead of me. Fuck you. Kevin's actually 18. Tim's like, I don't know if you know, Tim's 18. I recruited him out of a fucking, like, back <laughs> we, alley. We, we recruited him. <laughs> we found Tim foraging through, foraging for food. In I a was, like, can. tickling his nuts in a fucking dumpster. Holloman, uh, Eric actually <laughs> helped Till Lindman write that song. <laughs> but, uh... No, my go-to game is when Dirty. Nintendo <laughs> very first came out. Because my dad bought me a Nintendo almost when the very first came out. Almost. Sick. Almost. What year and was that? I want to say, well, Nintendo first came out, I want to say, in 85. Yes. Super Nintendo was... I He got me one in 87, 88-ish. Okay. And my go-to games generally were Tech Mobile... Because well, I love yeah. fucking football. Down, set. Um, <laughs> um, and by the way, the Raiders were the absolute gods on that yes, fucking Yes, they team. were. <laughs> because you, because Bo, Bo, Bo Jackson. That's all you Bo have to say. Fucking either that or, Jackson. or the New York Giants because Lawrence Taylor was yep. an absolute fucking monster. Yep. Fuck off, Bam Bam Bigelow. No, I'm just fuck with you. Um, then uh, RBI baseball. Yeah, uh, RBI, cause it, dude. Because, again, I love sports. RBI, dude. I remember playing RBI. Uh, Contra. OG. Triple OG. Double ah. Dragon. Double Dragon. Again, OG, dude. Triple OG. And um, The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. The Gold yeah. Cartridge. Let me ask you a question real quick. On Amazon Prime, they have the Double Dragon movie. Have you watched it? It is an absolute shit show. Abomination. <laughs> it How is do you an absolute shit show. against God. Oh. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> if I convince Tim to put it on, is that a separate episode or is that a fuck you, turn this bullshit off right now? It is a good way to piss everybody off in the room <laughs> and it would probably make for one of the best episodes we've ever had. <laughs> Because that alone, because I'm trying to figure out which one is the worst video game movie, that Dog. or Super Mario Brothers. Dog. Super Mario Brothers. No, Brothers. no. Super Mario. Brothers. Super Mario Super Brothers. Brothers was an absolute way fucking worse. shit no. show. Way no, a garbage worse. fire. No, way worse. It was a dumpster fire from no. beginning to end. I'll fight. I will say Super Mario's 
less shitty than Double Dragon. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but then again, I mean, honestly, you're comparing a pile of shit to a flaming pile. <laughs> to a flaming pile of shit. The only difference is one's a fucking fire. <laughs> Holy shit! No, I uh, fuck, dude. That I, I that's a good that's a good podcast fucking debate. Yeah. But no, like I don't. Super Mario ain't that bad. Yes, it is. No, it's awful. It's bro. not that bad. Yeah. It is it's awful. Bad. Come on. It's bad. Believe me, I watched it. I saw it in the theater. And you I convinced my uncle to take me to the theater. You wasted so many talented actors in that movie. So many. Which one? All of them. Mario. I know John Leguizamo. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. No, you fucking wasted all that talent on a shit show movie. And the fucking, the gun that they've been seeking the entire fucking time in that movie is a fucking Super Scope 6. From the Super Nintendo. Hey, I the Wizard. That's it. That was the Wizard. The Super Mario. Yes. Yeah, that was Mario Brothers Three. Yeah, it just came out. And I they, love that movie. When and I then was the a kid. evil kid came up with the fucking power glove. Yep, and the shit. power glove. I saw that movie. I saw that movie when I was a kid when it first came out, <laughs> and I wanted a fucking power glove. So Yo. goddamn bad. Then Johnny Mnemonic came out, and you're like. He's got the power glove. <laughs> and then it translates to cyberpunk. Yeah, but then, like, as you get older, you realize how fucking shitty the, the power, power glove, glove actually was. was. Oh, my God, dude. Like, and along with the power pad. It was so bad. It was so bad that Nintendo actually wouldn't even put their fucking name on the product. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we'll let you use it with our system. But don't put our fucking name on it. Fudge, It's dude. just the power glove. That's Shit. it. Shit. Everybody calls it the Nintendo power glove. And Nintendo's like, fuck no, you. No, do no, not no, call no, it that. Fucking Iwata comes out from the grave. He's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> or, the, or the fucking power pad. Dude, I actually That's love fun. the power pad. The power dude, pad was so The fun. power pad was... It was so fun. Me and my uncle, who's only four years older than me... He had that tracking, the track and field game. Bro, I used to play that all the time on the power pad. We, we were the laziest pieces of shit on the face of the planet. <laughs> we would just sit down next to the power pad and just, and just use our hands. Dog, my brother. My parents bought the Wii U for my brother to like exercise because he was like, my height, he was like 5'8 and like 260. He was like a fucking linebacker. So they bought him the Wii U to exercise. I walk into the room. On Christmas Day, my brother's doing this. He's jogging like this. Off the bed. I mean... I'm like... He's getting the leg work in. What? Uh, what? He's, he's like this. He's leg, like, I'm jogging. Like, you're not jogging? What the fuck are you doing? He's getting leg day in. <laughs> he's going to have some beast calves. He's going to strangle you with that shit. Holy fuck, dude. Alright, I'm gonna put on the Final Fantasy VII trailer. Oh my god, play this shit because, because it makes me I cry. I mean, it's starting off with fucking Aerith with the Dude. flowers. Get you a gun arm, Kevin. I'm I'm a cloud without hair gel. See, I always <laughs> when I'm playing when I'm playing, you're always Sid. I'm Sid. You're Sid. Because I'm a prick. No. <laughs> no, because Sid's extremely intelligent. He's innovative. I mean, yeah, you could be standoffish, but. I look more of it as Sid is fucking brilliant. Very smart dude. Well, fuck, I appreciate that. Are you Cloud, then? I'm fat fuck. 
That's that would be me. I'm the fat guy. So who's that fat? Are you Kate Sith? What do you? Who are you? I yeah. I you know what? It, I mean, Kate Sith's kind of a bastard, but sure. Well, are you? Well, who else is like? I would be the fat fuck that's like in the on the train, getting out of the way, and being like, "Y'all good," and then like getting off the train, smoking a cigarette, and watching all this shit. So you're Biggs, but like you're not really Biggs because Biggs dies in the tower. Yeah, Biggs does die. Spoilers, in the tower. fuck. I'm sorry. Like that, I feel bad for people like, like who don't read spoilers. Like when they play this remake, they're gonna get spoiled as fuck. Dude. The only, the only problem I have is okay so this was originally a turn-based game so do you switch out yeah between cloud when and I, like your the rest of your party dog look at the fucking menu like yeah you can definitely switch out and then like when you fight the bosses you can chain the con like the combat like fucking ff15 that's kind of cool <laughs> Sorry about this America. That's dirty. That's fucking dirty. We we chew extra loud in the microphone <laughs> on the podcast and drink beer. <laughs> Except for Tim. He drinks Pepsi. Yeah, because I've developed some weird fucking alcohol allergy. Which is fucking weird. Or maybe Tim just made it up because you don't want to associate with those drunk fucks. If I didn't want to associate with you drunk fucks, why the hell would I have you in my party? Because you have no other friends but us. I mean, I mean, true. I mean you know. I'm joking. Tim does have other friends. He got one. At least. At least one. <laughs> and from what I heard, they've been stealing your Wi-Fi. <laughs> Stab that motherfucker. Not anymore. We don't have to worry about it. Stab his ass. What I'm saying, not anymore. We got a limited Wi Fi now. That God tier in it. That God tier in it. We got that North Korea fucking microfiber optic motherfucking shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't think North Korea has that. South Korea? Possibly. One of the Koreas? One of the Koreas. I don't think Kim Jong-un is, would, would allow that. Alright, if you think about this, like, remember, you remember you and I were talking about where, like, Death Stranding originally started as, like, a Kojimbo fever dream? Mm-hmm. If you think about all the trailers that have come out since 2016, there's a little bit of a through line through all of them. So I feel like as much as people want to shit on Kojima as a writer... There's a little bit of a thematic through line. Through I was about to ask if that was Mads Michelson. It is. Yeah. He's Cliff. Oh, we don't know who the fuck Cliff is. <laughs> That's the problem. They tell I you. I he's a villain now. They tell you who Cliff. They tell you his name is Cliff. And you're like, who the fuck is Cliff? And they're like, yes. And you're like, who the? F- <laughs> All right. Who the fuck is Cliff? The only one that seems like a villain so far is. Troy Baker's character, whose name is Higgs. Right. But again, you don't know a whole hell of a lot about him. Which is probably what Kojima wanted. Yeah. All you know is that he's a fucking crazy bastard that likes to trigger Void out. Pretty much, yeah. That's that's really what Troy Baker is. It's like he's an agent of chaos. And then you have Sam, who's just a, like a regular working man. Yep. And then you got 
Mads Mikkelsen, who's basically, from what I gather, he's a scientist who went fucking nuts. Due I mean, to come something. on. Given Doctor Strange, Mads Mikkelsen plays a hell of a villain. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Well, Kaecilius, I feel like, is underrated as a Marvel villain, but we can get into that a little bit later after a few more shots. <laughs> but Kaecilius, honestly, Kaecilius could rank up in the top five of Marvel villains. That's, that's me. It was top two, Thanos, and Killmonger. It has to be Thanos Killmonger. After that, maybe you can... You could probably put Kaecilius in number three. Either him or Loki. Maybe, yeah, maybe Loki first, then Kaecilius, <laughs> then after that... Then after that's that's fucking crazy. When it comes to, like, iconic imagery, you got to give it up to Hodeo. Like, Hodeo knows how to fucking hook you in. He knows how to get you with those... Small images like Nolan does it with Inception. He does it yep. with Batman. He did it with fucking Dunkirk. Kojima takes those notes and he fucking applies it to his video games. Every video game, Tokyo Game Show, E3, Nintendo Direct, all that shit, dog, is a trailer. All of it. The one thing I noticed. On my last couple, yeah, watches of this, is I never noticed that before, where he had the gold mask, he never had the fucking, like, the Higgs imagery. Yep. And then I noticed that one of the last times I watched this trailer, and I'm like, oh, fuck. My take now is that the gold mask is not on Norman's side. It's a trap laid by Higgs. Yeah. So all the shit with the gold is basically... Higgs and his terrorist group trying to manipulate the world of the dead for his means. Homo demons. Homo demons. Also the same thing as BTs. Yeah. The BTs are the ones who hit the ground. Those are BTs, yeah. Those are BTs right there dragging the dude under. The homo demons are the ones causing the void outs. Yes. That's my prediction. Would you agree with that? Well, those are BTs right there. Mm Mm-hmm. The ones that are dragging the dude away. Those are BTs. And then the homo demons are like the guys that are like alive causing the shit. So like Higgs is a homo demon. But as far as we know, there's only one. As far as we know, yeah. There's the fucking only Higgs fucking right there. One. Yeah, there's Higgs right there. So like there's possibility there's multiple motherfuckers. And that's why I was like, when you look at that, that Apocalyptica trailer, there's like a fucking snake octopus monster coming out of the ground. Yeah. So that has to be summoned by multiple dudes, or it's fucking just Troy Baker by himself, like a cult. Yeah. I would agree with that. So the gold shit, to me, is either a weak point, or it's a sign that there's fucking corruption with the world of the dead. So you have to attack the gold shit. Right. You gotta negate the gold shit, because otherwise, you're just bringing negative energy to you. This part is super fucked up, because... Oh my god. And just in general, Guillermo is a very underrated actor. Director? Yeah, that's why not. Not so much anymore. I mean, he's an Academy Award winner now, baby. Yeah, but still. Sometimes even winning an Academy Award doesn't give you the respect that you deserve. True. One of my favorite parts right here. 
Fucking Cliff coming out of the fucking black tarry shit. This is gangster. Takes the fucking cigarette out. Lights it on the fucking molten ash fucking falling from the sky. Takes like a drag off of the fucking cigarette. He's like, you know what? Oh, he takes two drags. I'm sorry. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. Move out. You know who I was thinking of? Benicio. Oh, Benicio del Toro. Yeah. November 8th, 2019. So ready. So ready for that shit. <laughs> 